0: Have you guys noticed that you can't go anywhere without seeing Designer This or Designer That? Even Designer Furniture. On my social feeds and celebrity homes, it's everywhere. Have you seen how expensive these are? Well, if you want the sofa or recliner or bed that broke the internet, you don't have to go broke to get it. Because Designer Looks Furniture has all the same styles and trends, but without the Designer Prices. Oh, and they're well-made, too. It's the whole package. Check them out. Designer Looks at Value City Furniture or DesignerLooks.com.
1: coast to coast border to border and around the world it's time for the bill alexander show the bill alexander show is a guest driven program where the topics are diverse and entertaining laugh and learn while you listen to one of the best hours of online radio now here's your host bill alexander
0: hi everyone welcome to this edition of the bill alexander show with yours truly bill alexander glad you can join us today Looking forward to this interview because I spoke to this individual last July, which is hard to believe it's been so long already. But last year, when I talked to her, we were just scratching the surface about what she was doing. Now, one thing I have to show you before we get started, after that interview, I received this. Now, not many people I think can say that they got this. And I was so thrilled to receive that. And on the cover is Deborah Driggs. Deborah, how are you doing today?
1: I am doing fantastic. Thank you for having me again.
0: (laughs) I am so glad you could join me today because I've noticed there's a lot of things new going on in your life. Not only the website, but you have a new book coming out and you're dabbling in this new thing called
1: NFTs. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. You're really keeping track of everything. I love (laughs) it. I forgot about that, which is really, which is good because, you know, that just means I'm really busy. You know, it's hard. It's, I do. I had to kind of reel it in um, these last couple months because I started to get a little overwhelmed. I thought, okay, I'm getting overwhelmed. Let's just reel it in and, and just focus on really, uh, what's in front of me. And really the two main things, I have a book coming out in July, which I'm really excited about because I'll be a published author. And, you know, that's three years in the making. So I'm really excited. I'm it, That book is called Here Comes the Sun. And it's a compilation of a lot of women, um, each writing a chapter about a dark time in their life and how they overcame it. So you're going to, it's going to be kind of like a chicken soup for the soul, but you know, the, the light at the end of the tunnel, whether it's dealing with grief or addiction or divorce, the loss of a child, a disease, overcoming a disease. I mean, there's going to be a lot of heavy stuff in the book, but I think it's a real real a testament to women coming together and and working together and doing this. And so I'm just really grateful to be a part of that whole project. And then I have a book coming out in November called Son of a Basque, which is a historical fiction, and it's a book that my grandfather wrote. And then when I got this box full of paper, I went in and rewrote some of it and edited Did two years of editing with the book and trying to piece it together. And, and it, it's just a beautiful story. And really the my, my whole thing, my whole thought and purpose for that was, you know, reading that book, there was so much in it that I didn't know about my grandfather. And I thought, wow, that's just one relative that had all this hardship and trauma and all these things that i didn't know that's just one relative and what it did for me was it 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 kind of made me feel like if i just had one more day to interview and ask questions and so i really want to put that out there that anybody in your life you know that you don't that you that you think you know you may not know and you may want to really ask them before it's too late you know because that's how i felt reading his book i thought wow i wish i could interview him right now mm-hmm. you know because there were a lot of things that I was like is this true or because then that's why it's a historical fiction it's I, I I feel it's based on his life but then he added in elements you know into the book and it's just I I've gotten such great response you know anybody that has read it and you know we've gotten some testimonials already and People that have read it have just come back to me with, well, I really enjoyed reading this, this journey, you know. And, you know, he served in three wars. He was a prison guard at San Quentin Prison. And so there's some really juicy stories. You know, there's, it's, it's a tantalizing story. It's, it's interesting. And I actually think it might be a screenplay. So we'll see. So those are my two big projects right now are those two books.
0: What's interesting is at the end of the last conversation you and I had, you mentioned this stuff that you received from your grandfather and you were just about to go through it, which is kind of kind of cool to hear that it's actually coming to a a solution that you're going to actually have a book, which is fantastic.
1: Yeah, November, November 16th,
0: November 16th. So right in time for the holidays.
1: Exactly. It's that's that's about as far out as we could push it, because once you go past a certain date it's really hard to do a book launch and so we're going to do it in november and you know like i said we already have some testimonials and i've i've you know the the thing that's really beautiful is that i never thought in a million years that i would be having these interactions with other authors, people that Mm -hmm. I look up to that when I look at the work they've done, and, and we're emailing back and forth, because they're like, I'm so sorry, I don't have time to read your book. And I'm thinking, Oh, my God, well, thank you for getting back to me. You know? (laughs) Yeah, Um, it's, it's, it's so what a blessing. You know, it's, it's, it's a brand new world for me. And I'm navigating it with such you know, I'm really careful how I navigate through because I'm a newbie and, and it's a whole new world for me. But like I said, I've had some really beautiful, I had one, I, we have one review of the book, which I found just, just a beautiful review of, of how he saw the book and it was very honest and, and I loved it. And so, you know, it's like I said, I'm, I'm a newbie and, and just to be in, this category of historical fiction with, you know, it's, how do you, how do you even, I mean, it's, it's all new. It's, it's pretty, it's pretty, it's like, I'm on a wild ride and i right. like, I get dizzy because really it's, it's a lot for me because I it's not my, it's not my thing. And, and it is now, I guess <laughs> it well, is now. You know, I was going so- through
0: some stuff um over the last couple of days, and I don't think you and I talked this, uh, talked about this before, but I never realized that your ultimate goal when you were younger was to be a figure skater. Mm-hmm. Is that's what you wanted to do? And you were willing to do whatever it takes, but unfortunately, mom and dad got divorced, and that just ruined the schedule. And then Damn the home- them. What's that? Damn,
1: damn them. <laughs>
0: And then messed the whole up my thing, whole life. <laughs> and then the whole thing with Playboy, you were a USFL cheerleader, a professional model, which I didn't realize you were modeling mainly in Japan, which I thought was very interesting. And now all of a sudden, you, you are now coming back to the forefront where people start, are starting to recognize who you are, not because of photos, not because of things that you perform, but because of what you're doing with your website. What's going to happen with the books? Is this where you thought your life was going to take you, or is this just a great joy ride that you're on right now?
1: Oh, I'm on Mr. Toad's Wild Ride for sure. <laughs> and I and by the way, I have been all my life. And so there's good and bad to that, really. And I'm, you know, obviously it was a great adventure in my 20s. And then you know when I settled down and got married and had a family, you know, it didn't really go with that. You know, so there's good and bad to being on an adventure and being on a wild ride. But no, I like you mentioned figure skating was my first love. And it took me a really long time to get over. Over that, I thought about that for a long, long time, and. I would say that. um, Even even into my adult life, I would always think, Deb, just put on your skates and go skate Mm -hmm. and. And so every once in a while I do, I go and I skate and I have this coach, Katie Cornfield, that I skate with and, and I can't do the tricks, you know, at my age now, that would be silly to, to risk getting hurt, but, but I can still skate and, and I do. And, you know, so I really emotionally, there's something about walking into a, a figure skating rink, smelling the ice, smelling the. The smell from the ice skating rink. Right? There's a specific smell. If anybody's a skater, they know. And you know, I miss it. You know, I, I really do. That was, you know, when you think about it, getting up before school and then mm-hmm. skating after school. It was my life. So it was. I can I can look back and change the story today, but at the time, it was devastating. I I, I it was like losing. I guess your first love is all I can compare it to. It's like, you know, I was heartbroken. And so, yeah, so that was my big dream. Sometimes we don't get what we really, you know, we don't get our dream, but we get something else. And so that's the whole goal is when things go wrong is to figure out, okay, well, what does this mean? You know, and to get intrigued by it. And I didn't have those tools back then. I do now. So when things don't go my way, I think, well, I wonder, wonder why they're not, why this isn't working out. Okay. Well, maybe I'll write about it or, you know, maybe something better is coming my way. Who knows? You know, who knows? There's a great movie, Mr. Mr. Holland's opus. And yeah. Right. It's I, I don't know why, but this movie stood out for me because he didn't get what he wanted. He didn't get his, his, you know, the the, the...
0: the big orchestra, yeah. The big
1: orchestra, The, the he didn't compose the, the big or, the, yeah. the orchestra, but he got something even bigger. And do you remember the end of that movie?
0: When he was working with his students, yeah.
1: Well, when they all showed up. Showed at up, very, yeah. At the very end when he was retired. I mean, it was like, I was hysterically crying because that was such a great example of we don't get what we want, we get something bigger sometimes. We don't realize the impact we have you know until you know he didn't know he was bitter, he was very bitter in the movie. I don't know if you remember, he had a deaf oh, yeah. son who couldn't oh, yeah. hear him play music. He, you know, he had a deaf son, nothing worked out for him, you know, and that's the way the movie kind of went. Well, and then until the end, you know, and then
0: it, it goes back to a great uh, uh, Rolling Stones song, You Can't Get What You Always Want, but You Get What You Need, and that's exactly where I think. That was going, and I think that was very insightful from the Rolling Stones, especially Mick Jagger, way back in the 60s to be able to do that. But you're right. We don't realize what we need. And going through life, you and I are about the same age, give or take two years. And when I see some of the interviews that have been done with you, and I'll be honest, I did it too. I focused on the years at Playboy because that was the thing that was the... That's who Deborah is that she was well, it's boy, it's, but-
1: it's intriguing. It's intriguing. I I to this day I have people send me messages. Can I send you right. things to sign? And you know, it's intriguing. Playboy, you listen, I, I can't erase something that was the number one magazine in the world. Right. And and half himself had millions upon millions of fans. Mm-hmm. And we were a a part of that history. So I can't, you know, how can I not be grateful for something that,
0: but, but I, I, I get it, but I guess what I'm saying with all through your whole lifespan, that was just, and if you look at it, because ice skating was, was a blip on the screen, playboys a blip on the screen and so on and so forth. And again, you're not dwelling in the past. Like a lot of people do, You realize you have to keep moving forward with the website, with the books, with everything you're realizing, and you're reinventing yourself is what you're doing, which I think is fantastic because you're moving, you're moving forward. And the more I read, the more I see the website, because I subscribe to your newsletter and I get it all the time and I read it. It is you, you, you are, you're, you're recognizing the past, but you're not living in the past and you're learning from your mistakes and moving forward.
1: Yeah, I, I I completely get that. You know, there are a lot of girls that their whole aspiration was to be in the magazine. That wasn't that's not my story. You know, Playboy for me was just a, a small part of my story. Right. I was in a big picture story, but for me it was a small part of who I am and what my story really is. Mm. And so a lot of people will meet me and they'll they'll want to know that part of my Mm -hmm. story. And that's okay. But I always say, you know, that was a small part of my story. I have a much bigger story and a lot more life events that took place.
0: Do you do you and and I'm not not to talk down about anybody, but there is a lot of women from that era of Playboy that are basically reliving it. And that's all they're focused on was those years at the mansion, at the magazine, do you kind of feel bad for them because they're living so much in the past and aren't looking towards the future, or do you understand why they're doing it?
1: Well, I don't know that I feel bad. It's a choice. Um, I don't know that I feel bad. I I would say that everybody has their different different path. I would say that you know. At some point, you know, I think Playboy hit its peak. And without Hef, mm-hmm. it's not the same. Um, I don't know how much more you can do at a certain age with Playboy. You know, okay. um, you, now you know that I have, uh, I'm part of this NFT. Yes. Now, Victoria Fuller, who I think is one of the most beautiful artists, that's her, that is her life. You know, she's an artist. Mm-hmm and when she came to me i am not fully understanding quite yet i know a little bit about bitcoin and and blockchain chain and but all of that but explain
0: it to me cuz i've talked to people and i still don't get it
1: so nft <laughs> is a non is a non-fungible token basically okay, right. so what it is is once you own it you own it even if you sell it you still it's almost like multi-level marketing, really. If you want to get down to tactics, because once you own it, you're still going to get a percentage of every sale. Then after, right. um, it's it's a digital art form, you know. And and so I'm learning as I go with her and what she's doing, and she wants to use my image, and 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 she's come up with a great, I think, which is a great. Uh, company rogue, rogue Bunnies, mm-hmm. I believe. And so I sit in on some of the sessions and it's not for me, that's a small part again of what my bigger picture is. It doesn't, it doesn't align with my, my business and what I'm doing. I'm here to be of service and I'm in the self-help space. Right. So, but it's just a small, fun, side gig for me and I really appreciate her work and her entrepreneurial spirit. and um, I think she's on to something really, really big in that in that space. We'll see. you know um, so that's where that stands. I like I said, I'm not an expert in NFTs at, at all and and my world is really um, based around, you know how I can every you know my wake up with how can I right be of, be of service today and and do my do my business and coach people and and that's really what I do. So
0: yeah, I interviewed someone a while back about Bitcoin and NFT, and I think I was more confused when we were done <laughs> <Yes>. than beforehand <laughs> uh, because it's like, but I get it, it's work, but I can't touch it but I want to touch the artwork that I have. I, it's like, okay. I yeah, get it. And then you have a, a wallet yeah. you carry it around in and, and all this other stuff. I have a, I have an 18 year old that is explaining it to me right now because he wants to invest in it because he sees this being the same thing, the same way that dad's invested in all the vinyl that's sitting over here on my left hand side, because I thought that would be something, but of course it's coming back around, but not as fast as I thought it would. But anyway, oh. No. um what i think is interesting and this is also what i wanted to talk about because a few months back there was a big controversy about a documentary it was done about hugh hefner with playboy and how i, I forget which which was uh, was it showtime whatever it was and they were talking about how he took advantage of the women and of course all these people came back and they supported him because that's not the half I know. That's not who he was. And it was really interesting to see all these former playmates employees standing up for Hugh Hefner, um, which I don't think a lot of us would have ever thought about beforehand. Do you just think that someone was trying to drag his name through a, through the mud and trying to capitalize on him?
1: A hundred percent. Okay. Yeah. I, you know, there's really, I mean, I I could elaborate on this, but. Why? Why put that energy out it's there into it? Right into it because, in my experience, like and by the way, I can only talk about my experience. Right. And so my experience is, I had nothing but I ha- I have nothing but amazing things to say about half I thought he was one of the smartest people I have ever met. He was wickedly funny. He was very consistent in the things he did in his life. He was. We never missed a Sunday night dinner. He always had movie night. I mean, it was his life was very consistent the way he did it. The parties every year. There was nothing, you know, that was really off track for him. You know what I mean? He was very consistent. And I found that to be admirable that, you know, and when I was involved in Playboy in 1989, 1990 were my big involvement years. Right. In 91. um, He was hands on. Anything that went in the magazine, he approved, he looked, he knew everything that was going on in the magazine during my years. It, you know, he was hands-on. He picked everything from every playmate, from every article, any any advertisement, he was very hands-on. So, you know, did I watch? I watched a little bit of the documentary. I know what you're talking about. I think it was Holly Madsen who is, yes. was the main focus. And I just think, you know how i'm grateful i guess would be the best way for me to put it
0: because um right after i talked to you i talked to victoria valentino who was one of the in the 1960s she was the playmate and she's also come out against bill cosby because he she was uh sexually abused by him but she said the same thing you did hef was hands-on he was involved and she didn't have a bad word to say about him either. And no. that's what I'm thinking. I'm going from. I have someone from the '60s that have said it. I have someone from the late
1: '80s, early '90s saying it. Yeah. So he didn't need. He didn't need. Uh, in my In my experience, again, I'm only saying, he didn't need to force anything right. or abuse anything. Everything came to him. But but what I those think, girls I think, those girls were knocking down his oh, right. door. Okay, he wasn't knocking down their door. They the women came to have. And I, that's how I saw it. I never saw him chasing after anything or abusing, Holly, or abusing, or abusing his, his place in life. You know, there's people that do that. I get that, but not, not half.
0: Please tell me you're drinking water, not a bottle of vodka. I'm
1: drinking, <laughs> I don't drink alcohol. so
0: I saw that the first time I'm going, does she need to drink that much to talk to yeah. me? I'm
1: going, okay. No, this is water. It comes. This water comes from Austria. It's
0: called uh, okay
1: Okay. Okay. I just um, didn't have. I don't have a glass here, which is so embarrassing, and my my throat gets dry very easily. I was like, oh god, I got to drink out of this bottle. I know it looks like vodka. It's well,
0: not. I'm glad we cleared that up. Yeah. um If you have been reading
1: it? now, if you've been really reading my blogs, you know <laughs> I don't, I don't drink.
0: Better. I know. Yeah. I know was. I It's just that when you did that, that time, I'm going, I have to ask just so everybody knows I'm drinking (laughs) black. I'm drinking iced coffee. So there There
1: you go. There you go.
0: (laughs) But when you when you um, talk about Holly Madison, though, but do you feel that she did this because she feels that because she was involved with him later in his life? They had the TV program. They had Mm -hmm. all this stuff, which was very contrived, in my opinion, that it didn't look like it was anything real. And do you feel that she did this because she doesn't think she got what she deserved?
1: Oh, I I couldn't speak. I have no idea. I don't know why people do what they do. I just yeah. know that how it looks. I mean, I. You, we can use the, the huge thing that's going on right now, which is the Johnny Depp and Amber Heard. Yes, yes. And I don't know why... Amber's doing what she's doing. I don't know why Holly, I don't know why people do what they do, but they obviously need a lot of, a lot of attention to go down a route that's so negative and so ugly instead of just owning their side of the street. You know, what if I were coaching either one of those women, I would say, well, what is your part in this? You know, what is your part you know, and not once do I see in this Amber Heard uh, trial, I don't see her part in any of it. It's just everybody else. And she's really playing this victim card. And yes. I don't, I can't, I, I I can't get on board with her being a victim. And I surely can't get on board with Holly being a victim. Mm-hmm. So, so for me as an outsider and somebody who really walks this walk and works on this kind of stuff daily (laughs) it's hard to watch you know and I you know I was actually talking to my daughter about it because she's at an age where their whole their whole group is watching the Johnny Depp trial and she's like oh my god don't feel sorry for her (laughs) and I said no actually I do I really do because to be in the seat that she's in right now where most of the people watching this trial are not on her side. Right. That's not a good place to be. And. Even the
0: judge isn't on her side right now. No
1: one, no one is. I mean, I I think her team has kind of given up because it's so ludicrous. The, The evidence speaks really loud. And so. Yeah, it's, you know, when I look at these sort of things and I look at holly and i see her on a documentary playing a victim and i was abused and i'm like right what was your part
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know and and, and if you and yeah you know. and if
0: you were why didn't you leave why didn't well. you say something that <laughs> that's what yeah, I why are you understand. why are
1: you waiting until somebody's right to, and
0: i've to... never understood that either if you don't mind me asking how Excuse me, is yeah i have daughter? to answer
1: the phone oh
0: okay no problem <laughs> It makes it interesting. Uh, uh, you know,
1: it's part of, it's part of the, the being on Zoom, being at home, yeah. you know, being in my office. It's like I'm, I'm, I hear the door shutting and the phone's ringing. I'm like, okay.
0: So if you don't mind me asking, how old is your daughter?
1: So I have three, three children. Okay. So my oldest is a son. My son is 27 or 28. So I? God, he's 28. And then my daughters are 27 and 25 okay i know i i look too young to be the mother of a 25 and 27 and 28
0: (laughs) i'm I'm old i have a 22 year old an 18 year old and a 14 year old so there you go and like i said i tell
1: my but i tell my son i'm like i was your age when i got married yeah that just puts it all into perspective (laughs) for me because i'm like.
0: (laughs) So I don't think I asked you this before, but when did you tell your kids that you were involved with Playboy? Because I know that was something you had to bring up, especially in the days of the internet, with the internet being so prevalent the way it is.
1: So this is a very good question, because when I started to have kids, I had my son when I was 29. And there was no Google yet. So let's, let's really put this into perspective. So I got away for a long time without having to even bring it up because there was nothing really to discuss nothing. They weren't seeing anything. Nobody was really talking about it. I don't, if I really had to think, I'd really have to think hard at what ages they were when they found out. I'm going to, you know, I'm guessing I'll have to ask them, but I think probably, I don't think it was me that told them. I think they found out probably from somebody saying, oh, your mom did playboy type thing. Um, I did ask my kids as they got older. And when I could ask them this question, this was the question that I asked. I asked them, what it was like for them to be the kids of an Olympic gold medalist for a father Mm -hmm. and a centerfold for a mother, you know, your mom's an actress and a model and your dad's this Olympic gold medalist who was known for doing American Anthem. Like, what was that like for you? And they actually said they didn't really, they didn't think about it too much. You know, it was kind of weird. The The only thing I will say is I think for my son, it was a little weird when his friends would be like, dude, your mom is so hot, you know, yeah. <laughs> that, that, that could be a little weird. So I think I will pat my, my husband and I on the back, mm-hmm. because I think we did a really good job of keeping it separate from our family life. You know, we didn't, we didn't really involve our kids in a lot of stuff that had to do with that lifestyle so so i think we escaped it for a really long time and so So yeah if
0: if your daughters would come to you and say and then again if everything was the way it was when you got involved with it and said mom we're going to do playboy would you want them to do it would you help them guide through it or would you just be adamantly against it
1: well i wouldn't be adamantly anything because that wouldn't wouldn't work for me and what I do now. So I would ask a lot of questions, you know, why, why, what is, why do you want to do it? And uh, if they were, if they had really strong reasons as to why they wanted to, I would guide them. Yeah. I'd be the guide. You know, I think that's the whole real, I think that's what makes a great coach is to be a guide for somebody's dream or for somebody's whatever it is that they want to do, you know, I'm here to guide them to right. get to it. But, and the way to do that is to ask a lot of questions and really what do you want to, what do you want to avoid? And what do you want to accomplish by doing this? You know? So I would ask a lot of questions. I I wouldn't be adamant about telling my kids to, to do or not do anything because I don't, I'm not, I'm not in charge of their life. And I really try very hard to not be the parent that says things like you need to, you should, it'd be better if, you know, I try to be the one to be curious. Oh, really? Well, that's fascinating. Why do you want to data that? You know, I try to steer the conversation so that they don't, they're not afraid to come to me to tell me certain things. And That's really, I think the goal in parenting is to be a guide and not be a judge. Listen, anytime you're judging anybody, whether it's your kids or a family member or a friend, you're going to lose them. Right. Because you can't help anybody when you're judging what they're doing. Mm -hmm. If you're judging what they're doing, instead of being curious about what they're doing, you lost them. They're not going to, they're not going to trust to come to you. So yeah.
0: So, the line of work that you consider yourself in right now with the website and the life coach, what made you want to do this?
1: Oh, it's a great question. I, I think there's, I think I've always been coaching on some level in my life. And I can take this way back to being in grade school. And the first thing that I ever did was I was tutoring all the kids in my neighborhood that couldn't speak English. You know, so I was I was while I was ice skating and, you know, I was already this little entrepreneur making money in the neighborhood by teaching kids and tutoring. So I think in inside, I've always kind of felt this need to to help. And so I had always thought about it, but, you know. What's interesting about it is, I didn't really think you could make a career out of it, you know? And I also, for a long time, had this whole thing about, well, I would have to go back to school, but that's not true either. So these are all stories. And what's really cool is that today, more than ever, coaches are needed more than ever, and there's a shortage. (laughs) If you really wrap your head around that, Mm -hmm. you know, there's more today than ever is a need for coaching and there's not a lot of people doing what i do. And that's an interesting statistic really when you when you digest that. It's wow, really? And so i and by the way, so i'm constantly coaching and being coached. So i'm in this 90-day coaching program right now and these are the kind of things that i'm hearing from these experts that have been doing okay. it for 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 30 years plus right that are guiding us on this journey and when I hear that it just really it's intriguing for me I, I I think wow I am on the right path and I also know that I'm on the right path because I really like to write and I get you know when I like you get my newsletter so right. I get people send me messages when they get my newsletter and and share with me, excuse me, how that, how that made them feel or how it affected them or how it how they just never looked at it that way or, you know, because I write, because sometimes I think if I'm feeling this way, if I'm having this really strong feeling towards something, I should write about it. Because if I'm feeling, I'm not unique. So right. if I'm feeling this way, I know there's hundreds of people out there that are feeling this way and I would have loved to have gotten a newsletter every week or every day when I was going through my dark times
0: so I'll ask you this question if you want to cancel the interview you can right here and there but <laughs> <laughs> what makes you qualified to do this
1: life experience
0: okay because that's the one thing that I let's, think is let's, very us let's,
1: really, let's really answer that. So okay. when if you're going through a divorce and you really want advice about how to handle that properly, you're not going to go to somebody that's never been divorced. I'm sorry. Right. If you want to quit drinking alcohol, you're not going to go to somebody that doesn't have a problem with alcohol. You want to go to somebody that found a solution on how not to drink alcohol. You wanna to go to somebody that found a solution on how to do a divorce really well. You wanna to go to somebody that is is living a life that you wanna live. And so I think life experience makes, I think disasters make great masters.
0: I like that. Um- how much of life coaching is listening and not answering?
1: 70%.
0: Okay. Because listening to you, hearing that, a lot of it, and, and again, correct me if I'm wrong, people just need someone to talk to that can relate to what they're going with. They're not looking for answers all the time. They're just looking for someone that can say, okay, okay. I understand. And then some way to create a solution to get out of the issue. Do you see that as the biggest thing that you do?
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. I listen, I take notes. I, I become their biggest cheerleader. Okay. For whatever they're going through. And, and I tell them I, we're going to do this together. You're going to do the work. I'm going to guide you. I'm going to give you suggestions. And I, the thing that's great about coaching is that I'm going to see this from a completely different perspective than somebody who's sitting in or stuck in something, their perspective is not clear. And that's why they're going for coaching. <laughs> really. If you think about it, I know when I'm listen, and I, I have coaches and I have people that I go to when I get stuck, I pick up the phone and I go, okay, I need a, I need new lenses because mine are off. And that's, I think why people pick up the phone and get a coach because they need a different perspective. Somebody who's not invested in whatever it is they're stuck in. And for, in my experience so far, the people that have come to me for, for help, it's usually relationship. Okay. Okay it's usually about relationships. And I, am finding that there is a, a, a need for, for that more than anything is relationships and addiction. And, you know, which by the way, which is interesting to me because the more I do this work and the more investment I have in it, I'm finding that all these other things like depression, anxiety, and all these labels, right? There's all these labels of things. But when you really get down to the the nitty gritty of something, that's when you can kind of lessen the labels, because you're really getting to the nitty gritty of what it is that's causing. So for example, some people can say, I'm feeling really anxious. I'm really anxious. I am filled with anxiety and I'll go, let's break that down. Is it, is it really true? You know, or what is the story that you have playing right now? And then, you know, is it really true and where in your body are you feeling this? And sometimes just asking these little, which, you know, are simple. It sounds so simple and it's really, I'm, giving you just a gist of it. But when you get people to kind of re re reshift or shift their thinking, right. Just shift it just a little bit in a different perspective. There's this aha moment like, Oh, maybe it's not really true. And all of a sudden they're breathing again.
0: (laughs) Yeah, The the people you're working with. And because trust me, the, the, the last two years I've had, have not been easy the last few yep. months have been much better but um do the people that 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 feel this anxious this depression are they taking on the world's problems and just having them encompass them and then trying to deal with their own stuff like what's going on in the world politically what's going on in the world economically
1: and stuff like that
0: do absolutely. they it, absolutely
1: okay. all of that stuff is going to affect your nervous system all of that stuff. I, I say this all the time. And my mom's gonna kill me, but I'm gonna I'm gonna use this as an example. She's gonna be like, Debbie. But well, I, I hope was... mom
0: listens or watches yeah. because I hope so.
1: <laughs> but I spend I just spent almost a month with my mom in, in Florida. And my mom has a habit of putting the news on every single morning. And I would say, do we do is that do we have to have the news on? Because I don't want that in my nervous system. I'm really sensitive to negative. I, like when you stop doing stuff like that, you get real sensitive to it. Like if you quit smoking, you don't want to be around cigarette smoke. If you quit watching the news and then somebody turns it on, you're a little bit sensitive to it because you're like, I don't think that way anymore. I don't put my focus on all of this negative. Ugh. It's just like, it's, it affects your nervous system. So yes, that definitely plays a big part in, in it. And I find that, well, it's part of my, what, what my 90 day program is really about is removing a lot of stuff that's not serving you and then adding in all the things that will serve you. And one of the things that is right on the list of number one offenders is turn off the news Yeah because you're not you're not able to have a good swiss perspective you're yeah. you you get pulled to sides and you're not really able to just kind of balance it out you know and and then you have then people have very strong opinions about stuff that they really don't know much about which right. i find really that's really baffling to me because why do you have such a strong opinion about something you really don't know? You don't really know. How do you know? You know, so getting yeah. back and to it. And then and I get to my questions, which are, well, how do you know? Yeah. And then they're like, well, I just know because da, da, da. And I go, well, how do you really know? Is that true?
0: Yeah. See, and that's a very you know? good point because I noticed, and if, if it wasn't for my wife, I wouldn't have. She told me, she said, stop watching the news. And yeah. I did. And I work for for an oldie station that I do a show in the mid-afternoon, and I don't listen to anything else now. I listen to our station, and I play Hmm. it, and I'm going, my mood is totally different because that's what I'm listening to. Now, Facebook, on the other hand, that gets in there, but you got to learn how to turn that off, too because it's one of, those, one of those arguing bulletin boards where people feel the need to argue, even if they have the, and don't they have get the facts su- or
1: not. Yeah, and don't get sucked in either, because I, I, I think I wrote a post about this a few days ago. I'm like, how can you actually judge, argue? You know, there's a lot of judgment that goes on in those arguing posts. And I'm thinking, how do you judge somebody you don't even know? Right. You have no idea their background, where they come from, what they've done. I've had people say things to me just extemporaneously like, Oh, I don't like Bill Gates. And I go, Really? That's fascinating. Why? Do you know him? No, I don't know him, but I read this thing and he's da 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 da. And I'm thinking, You read something, you don't know him, and now you have an opinion and you are judging him. This is a very dangerous place to be in.
0: Yeah. And, and people do not <laughs> and people do not realize that what they're reading is probably someone else's opinion that they now make it exactly. theirs and it becomes fact yeah and I think that's where the issue is too and we noticed a lot of that during the last two years with covid and the pandemic because we were all stuck at home and where were we getting our information from and dealing on online yeah. and you must have been, if you weren't dealing with, uh, with, with, uh, people virtually, you must've been going crazy because you were getting bombarded with this stuff left and right. And there was no way of stopping it.
1: Yeah. You know, I, yeah, I, I just, I, I keep things very simple and hopefully that's the gift that I give to people that I'm mm-hmm. helping is to keep things very simple. When people are, Shouting out in all different ways. By the way, I'm overwhelmed. Is really what they're saying. I'm overwhelmed. It's too much. I, I did this and this and this, and I had uh, you know da da da, and it just right. And it's just basically for me when I when I feel that energy, it's it's overwhelmed. And so I try to have a solution of you know just keep it simple. You're you're causing this. This reaction because you're giving too much from all different angles Mm -hmm. whether it's the news or or this or the all these different things that are causing this you know what i call it's all coming to a head type of feeling when when we get to those places and i'm guilty so again my life experience I could share. And this is how I talk. If you, if I was talking to you, I go, you know, listen, I can just tell you, I had the same thing and here's Mm -hmm. how, here's what I did because I used to do everything all at once and get really overwhelmed. The news was going in the background. My kids were doing that, you know, everything coming. And then all of a sudden you're just like, and so That's kind of what I see today is that there's just too much information coming at us way too fast. People are very overwhelmed and very stressed out.
0: Okay, so I'll ask you this because you brought this up earlier. Okay. Why do we need to know about Johnny Depp and his ex-wife? We don't. Is that not a personal matter that should have been discussed in a court without us knowing about it? And this idea of people having... The need to watch with cameras in the courtroom so they can pick sides. And I think that's part of the problem, too, is because the media is putting this stuff out there that in reality, no one re- really needs to know about. Other than a small uh, blip in the bottom of a newspaper or on a website, by the way, this is going on. We don't need the dirty details of what's going on in Mount. And, and I go back and blame it all on the OJ Simpson trial when we went to a 24 hours a day, seven days a week news cycle, because we were so intrigued about what happened. And that was before the internet.
1: Yes. That was 1995. If I'm yep. 94, 95. Yeah. I, we don't, we don't need to know. I get, I'm getting blurbs of it. For me, it's fascinating because it's a great study for me. Right. You know, cause I'm watching behavior. I'm watching somebody in a courtroom who who is not afraid of somebody who she is saying that abused her so horribly with objects and whatever if and i've been around women that have been abused like that and when they're around their perpetrator they're scared right there's a fear that comes over them and they are like in the same room with this person and they are like they are nervous and they're shaky and their voices like they can't hold it together, and so she has no fear of somebody who she's claiming is abused. So that's fascinating for me to watch, just to observe from a coaching standpoint. But as a just to sit and watch, no, I'm getting bits and pieces of it here and there. It's not, you know, I I don't know why it's on twenty four seven. It's It's interesting, but I do. I will say that I don't. It's hard to believe somebody who's claiming such horrific abuse when they don't look like they've been abused. Right. And they don't seem to be afraid of this person that's sitting right in front of her. And when you're abused that badly, you would never say, Well, I love Johnny, or I loved you wouldn't. There's no love to an abuser. And so there's a lot of confusion when I watch it. I'm watching it from a more psychological point of view. And it's it's baffling to me that her claims, and and by the way, it's really sad because there are people that are really abused. And I just think that we are in this world now where we can say things and do things with no repercussion. Right. And I'm actually glad that he sued her because I wonder how many other men have kind of tolerated this kind of Abuse from women that and haven't said anything because they thought, well, I'm the man, you know, da da da, da, da. So it's really intriguing in in that way, but other than that, it doesn't need to be twenty four seven. Everybody's weighing in on it, and like I said, I have a little bit of compassion for her because I don't know where you go from this. I don't know right. how what her life's going to look like when pretty much everyone can see that this is one of the biggest horrible, you know, uses of me too. It's not, yeah. it doesn't, it doesn't give me too a great no.
0: trust factor, I guess. So let's talk about your website, deborahdriggs.com, Deb's debt. Explain, to my audience, how to navigate the site and how to get in touch with you so they can actually work with you.
1: Great. Okay. So there's a lot of different ways. So um, one, I have a number that people can text me and join my community and get daily doses of inspiration. So I don't know if you're a person like me, I wake up and immediately I go to things that I read that start my day off with positive intentions so that's my goal is to send something to you for free every day you know there's lots of apps out there that do it as well but Mm -hmm. i will send something that i wrote or you know something that i think of that i'll share with you in that community so i have that number that you can text me and that's all over my social media my text me number and then at my website if you go to my website if you, the one thing you can do immediately is sign up for my free newsletter. When I say free, when you get this newsletter, I'm not going to bombard you with clicking here, clicking here to get something else. It's just a newsletter. So you can read a blog or read about an upcoming book. In that case, there might be a link so you can go to purchase the book. Um, and also, I have a free gift coming to the people who are subscribed to my newsletter in the next couple of weeks, you're going to be able to download something to your phone for free that I created. So, because I, because I want to make it really nice, it's wallpaper for your phone. So for my Playboy fans, there'll be one option with a picture of me. And then for my, people that are coming on a a self-love journey um a journey of recovery they can download just an inspirational quote that they can have on their phone and it's free and i'm making it really nice so that it looks good on your phone so that's (laughs) okay yeah because you know why not i don't want it to be something right you know i wanted to kind of go with my brand so right So it's a really beautiful, I call it wallpaper. I think that's what it's called. And Hmm. so that's coming for people who subscribe to my newsletter. There's lots of different things going on on my website. So there's going to be book announcements. I have a book coming out in July. Here comes the sun. I have a book coming out in November, Son of a Basque. Son of a Basque is about breaking generational trauma cycles, really. You know, because when I read a book about my grandfather that showed a lot of trauma, a lot of childhood disappointment, a lot. I thought that's just one relative. I wonder how many other relatives have suffered this kind of trauma. And, you know, I really believe, and this is my belief and I'm not an expert, but I really believe that that generational trauma gets passed down. Mm -hmm. And so I think at some point we need to look at that and try to figure out how we can stop it, you know, because I don't want to pass it down and I don't want my kids to pass it down to their kids. So that's something that I'm really looking at now that I've read that book. So that's why I'm back in this coaching realm because it's, it's intriguing for me. So that's coming out. So the other thing is you could sign up for a consultation. If you wanted to have a 30 minute consultation to see if we work well together, I don't work well with everybody. You know, I'm not for everybody. But um, if you are looking to be coached on something that you're struggling with, then you could do a 30-minute consultation with me. And in July, we've pushed the date out now. It was going to be May. It was going to be June. But because of technical issues, we keep pushing it out because there's a lot to really put into a virtual experience for people. So I'm going to do a 90-day program, and my goal is to take 20 people through 90 days, meeting once a week for 12 weeks, Hmm. through exactly what I did for 90 days. So there's people that are doing the 75 hard. There's lots of different programs out there. This is my take on a 75 hard and then all the self-help that's out there and available And I kind of put it into this 90-day program. And it's pretty much what I did in 2021 is when you and I, I think I was really deep into this when we talked, was I had removed a lot of things out of Mm -hmm. my life. And since I have done that, and I ended up doing it for almost a year. But what's really beautiful about it is that i Now my life works really well because I did that, Mm
0: -hmm. that I
1: don't really, there's not too much that I added back in. I kind of kept it the way I did it because it worked so well that why would I bring back in stuff that was a distraction or not serving me? And so, and sometimes I would kind of pull something back in and it's amazing when you're so clear, how you know immediately, okay, that's back out.
0: Right.
1: <laughs> so that's my 90-day program. And it's really, it's not for everyone. It's really hard. It's, it's, not a, it's not an easy program because I remove a lot of things. And it's a commitment of 90 days. Because I think that whenever you want to make a really profound change in your life, It's really good to get clear. Okay. It's really good to get clear before making this decision. Like I know a lot of people are thinking, well, I I think I want to get divorced. And I, from my experience, if I would have done this 90 day program, perhaps I would have thought that through differently. So that's why I said life experience teaches us how to teach other people. And so I I really believe that when you wanna make some type of major life decision, whether it's divorce or moving or changing careers or breaking up with somebody or doing something really extravagant, that you really wanna take this time to make sure. And when you remove all these things that are kind of negative distractions and you get really in tune with yourself, the answers can become very clear. And Do that's you what,
0: feel a lot of decisions that people make are in haste and not thought all the way through. And then they realize that when they make that decision, it's going to affect them in different ways. And usually for the worst and not the better.
1: That's and my so experience.
0: And from what you're telling me, if I would just look at it and go through this and remove it, then I probably would be better off in the long run.
1: That's my experience is that anytime I made an impulsive decision? I moved, you know, I, I, you know, any decision that I made really, that was impulsive was usually not the right decision. I can just tell you, it was usually there was regret. There was, I want to go back because, uh, you know, wherever you go, there you are. And so usually it's because we're sitting in something that's unsettling and we want to change it and shift it. And so we make these big, impulsive decisions. And then when we look back, we go, that was not the right decision. And so I know for myself, when I look back in my life at certain decisions that I made, I I can tell you, and this will be in my book, in my memoir, I moved a ridiculous amount of times with my ex-husband. I literally counted it. I I don't have it in front of me, but it was in my 14-year marriage, I believe we moved 18 times. Holy cow. And when I looked at that, I thought, wow. You know, if you, if, with what I do now, I can see the pattern. I can see what was really going on. And I couldn't see it at the time at all.
0: I've only moved twice in 25 years. So <laughs> it's like, wow. And by the way, I have to
1: tell you where I am now. I moved here in 2011 and I have, this is the longest I've been Mm -hmm. anywhere in my life is where I am now. And there's a reason for that because I I have made a decision that moving is not the solution. (laughs) It's just not the solution. (laughs) Yeah. And so I, I would say that my program is for the people who in the past have made impulsive decisions and it didn't work out so well for you, you probably want to do this 90 day program because I get it.
0: When I listen to you talk and and there's uh, um, on your, on your website, it's talking about dealing with, with pain. You're distracting yourself with shopping, alcohol, travel, escape, stuff like that. And I'm realizing that when I hear this, a lot of people are not able to cope with the decisions they've made. So they're trying to basically either ignore them or forget about them. And they're doing whatever they can just to to push it down deeper. So they don't have to deal with results, especially with alcohol and drug use, because they're numbing themselves the situation until they don't care anymore. Mm -hmm. And, and, and as, as a wise person told me years ago, no one said life was easy. Um, and it is hard and, and, and you never get out of it alive. That's one thing you can always say about life. You're never going to be here forever, but you have to deal with it the best you possibly can and get the people to help you that you need help because there's so many people. and, And I think our generation is coming to, I think we're more open to help more hope to therapy, more open to life coaches. But I'm starting to notice the ones younger than us, the millennials, the Gen Zs and everything else, they realize that life is a contact sport and you're allowed to get help. You have people help you make it through these so you don't make the same mistakes. And, I, and, I, and the more yeah. I'm listening, the more I'm talking to younger people, I'm realizing I think they got a better grasp on what's going on than we do. Interesting.
1: Yeah, well you 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 said it very profoundly that none of us are getting getting out of this thing alive. No, right? We're not getting out alive and we're all gonna go to the same place. And right. you know we have it's I'm all about making the journey fun, making it all fun, good and bad. Just make it fun, you know. There's no who said that this equals sadness. This right. equals depression. Mm-hmm. This equals happiness. You know, it's like marriage, happy, death, sad. It's like, no, it, yeah. we, can, we can have all these beautiful emotions. There's no rules. And why not choose the happy emotions? We get to choose every day. So why not yep. choose? I get that bad things are going to happen. We're like you said, they're going to happen. We're not going to escape. Mm-hmm the lows, you know that you know we're not going to escape it so why not choose to dance with it
0: right well deborah thank you very much it's hard to believe we've been talking for an hour <laughs> and it is it's oh, always really? a pleasure to talk to you. yes <laughs> and i'm sure we could go longer too but i know you have things to do but i again thank you very much for joining me i can't wait to talk to you about the release of the book in july and the one in november yes and everything else looking so forward to that and Deb thank you very much again for joining me I really appreciate I it
1: thank you I thank you thank you so much for being on this journey with me and <laughs> allowing me this time I mean I, what a gift so thank you so much and thank you to anybody listening and I hope that you'll come on this journey and enjoy the ride let's do it
0: well again thank you very much and you have a great day Hey, a big thank you guys out to Deborah Driggs for joining me today. What a pleasure that was to talk to her about her website, DebraDriggs.com. Also about her days at Playboy and what she dealt with there. And not only that, what she's doing with NFTs now. Not that I understand it, but it was great to talk about it. And of course, her book's coming out one in July and the one dealing with her grandfather coming out in November. She'll be back on the program again. We'll be talking to her once again. But if you want to find out more information, her web address is right here on the bottom of the screen. And folks, thank you very much for joining me. And we'll talk to you next time here on The Bill Alexander Show.
1: Thank you for listening to The Bill Alexander Show. The Bill Alexander Show is a million-dollar baby production. For more information, go to thebillalexandershow.com.
0: When summer brings the heat, there's only one place to be. It's summer playcation at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland. Live has the perfect mix of relaxation and excitement for a long summer weekend. Enjoy luxurious hotel rooms, a thrilling gaming floor, then choose from some of Maryland's best dining. It's your summer playcation only at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland. Visit maryland.livecasinohotel.com. At Arundel Mills, must be 21. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER